Broncos Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Mike, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I am one of your hosts, Ashley. This is your other host for tonight, Michael Duncan. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's a great time to be a Philly fan. I know. Well, if you haven't seen, today is Tuesday. To all of our viewers, it is a new day for us. We are just doing this for today, too. Um, I'm home in New York for the weekend, so I go back to my real home in Massachusetts tomorrow. So here for now. So we accommodated my schedule, and thank you for that, Duncan. You're welcome. I'm so busy all the time. So I know. I know. Thank you so much for accommodating me. Um, lots to talk about today. Anything you want to talk about before we jump into it? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, yeah. The, uh, the Phillies got a sweep in the first round. Now they're in the NLDS and they are up one game to nothing against the Atlanta Braves. And that's exciting. We have not lost a playoff game since 2011. And that's pretty impressive. If you ask me now, you'd think that would include a world series or two. But actually, we just haven't played in the playoffs. Haven't been in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, 2011. So, <laughs> um, but it was a bad week for any bird, like a cardinal. I, that was. It's just a bad week to be a cardinal, really. Bad weekend, yeah. I guess you could say. So, yeah. go birds, go Phillies. Six yeah. is going to win the chip, and then I'll be unbearable forever. So. Yeah, yeah, you're almost there. Anyway, so. Dang. Eagles are are five and zero. Oh. You're almost unbearable already uh yeah the yankees are just starting see we didn't have to play yet today's our first day playing so see how that goes anyway. oh so you're not already winning one 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 oh well you're not well, already i mean we're, our series just started we didn't have to like play to get into this i portion. mean seeing as the, it's the yankees i'd assume that you guys had already kind of just you know won the game already mm-hmm. i mean yeah so of course right. you're a Yankees fan. Of course I am. You suck. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. Born it's better than being a Mets fan right now because well, that yeah. was the biggest collapse I've ever seen. I know. It was beautiful to watch, honestly. Really, really was. Like, anyway, this is a football podcast. So we are gonna jump into football. Um same thing as we did last week. We're now starting with our news and then going into injuries segment. Um we can start with a little bit of a party that we both got to have. Panthers head coach Matt Rule was fired yay thank god i forgot to write it down do you remember what his um record was in the nfl not good okay, i have no yeah. clue what it was all right i'll read off uh so there are changes if you if you happen to get that let me know steve wilkes has been announced as the new interim head coach panthers owner david tepper says quote if he does an incredible job he'd have to be in contention for the full-time head coaching job the defensive coordinator, Phil Snow, was also fired, and that elevated run game coordinator, Al Holcomb, to be the new defensive coordinator. Matt Rule, in his tenure as the Panthers head coach, was 11-27. and 27. He Fair will now be owed nearly $40 million. I know okay, there's so like I will say that's asterisk. a bit of a misnomer. Yes. Only because, because when he gets a college coaching job, which he will get one, uh, yes. that will... Yeah, um, it'll yes. it like offsets whatever he yeah, gets, offset. he gets offset the by the Panthers. Um, so if he was to go on and not coach again, 
he would be owed $40 million. At that point, like, why would you want to coach again? I don't know. I, I mean, like, I guess a passion and stuff, but like, just don't coach high school. I I would love to make $40 million for nothing. Yeah. For being bad at my job. It's not exactly Bobby Vanilla, but like, I don't know. I I would love to just sit around and make forty million dollars. Exactly. Like every paycheck, I, I, it was something like eight hundred and sixty-seven thousand a week. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Yep. I like go coach high school. There's I don't think there's any stipulations in that contract for if you're going to coach high school. So go coach honestly, a high school football team. Yeah, that would be hype. I right? don't know. That that would be pretty fun. Just kind of being real, like being wit. It's kind of like at that point you're kind of just playing Madden. Like, yeah. just like, yeah, we're going to win all the time. And then, like, you don't need to accept another job. You've got $40 million. Exactly. And then you still have $40 million. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the best plan for him. Um, several teams have inquired about the availability of the players on the Panthers roster. Two names that have been flown around a lot is McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Where, as, as our resident DJ Moore stan, where do you hope DJ Moore goes? Uh, I mean. If he goes. Sorry. I mean, the Packers just make a ton of sense. You need Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers needs an experienced wide receiver. And DJ Moore is one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's just never had a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll take growing pains, of course. But like, I think that just makes a lot of sense on both sides. Um, The Chiefs would be cool because I think it's a very similar situation, except they already have a Mm -hmm. lot of money tied up in different guys. And DJ Moore did just sign a lucrative contract. I don't remember the exact amounts. But outside of that, like I, I, I was having trouble thinking of like like an idea i just say the giants are a possibility oh yeah you did yeah i know yeah that that's really interesting to me like i think whether or not they do that will tell us a lot about what they think of this season because i know what a lot of fans think and we'll talk about that later but yeah i don't know Do you want to tie up all that money right now if i were the giants i'd do it in a heartbeat yeah, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. If I'm a fantasy fan of DJ Moore, I would cry myself to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, wait, I am a fantasy uh, yeah. manager of DJ Moore. So. You've been doing that for weeks. So, yep. Yep. Um, questions have arised if the Panthers will be tanking the rest of this season. And that is Trust the process. Yeah. Trust something the process. Well, now Baker Mayfield's going to be out for a week, a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that in the injury report. Um the 49ers have released the running back Marlon Mack. They plan to re-sign him to their practice squad if he clears waivers. After the Raiders' 30-29 to loss against the Chiefs last night, Devontae Adams was seen and videotaped using both hands to push over a cameraman who got in his way on the way into the tunnel. The photographer later filed a police report with the Kansas City Police Department saying he was injured in the altercation. Devontae Adams seems to be facing NFL discipline and possibly a suspension. His statement today was, sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated at the way the game ended. And when he ran in front of me as I exited, that was my reaction and I felt horrible. That's not me, dot, dot, dot. My apologies, man. Hope you see this. So, Yeah, I mean, you can't charge. do that, Devontae Adams. Um, yeah. But I will say, like, I don't know. As far as these things go, like in terms of NFL players, like I truly believe that that was not like I don't think he did that with malicious intent. Um, Yeah, that game was a crap show. And Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like especially watching that last route he had like in that game. I mean, just a lot of a lot of emotions, obviously not excusing him for doing it at all. But like 
I don't like this doesn't change my opinion of Devonte Adams as a person. I guess I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, yep. Yeah, I just so. think my thing is like you have to hold yourself to a higher standard than that. Um, yeah, and I I think he's doing the right thing by push. not making excuses about it. Yeah, like he's yeah. coming out. He's like, my bad, my apologies. Like this is why I did yeah. it. Doesn't excuse it, but I'm sorry. So because he yeah. said the same thing immediately after the game in an interview. Um, yeah. So. Some more drama. There is drama with Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz. That seems to be squashed now. Seems to be a misunderstanding. Rivera was asked why he thought the commanders were one in four compared to the other teams in the NFC East. And he gave a one word answer. And that one word was quarterback. He later went on to elaborate that he meant that other quarterbacks in the NFC East have had time to adjust their teams and their schemes, uh, adjust to their teams and schemes. They've had these quarterbacks for a bit but Wentz is new to their organization and they kind of have to still get him acclimated. He does think that Carson Wentz will get there where the commanders Rivera did apologize to Wentz and today said, quote, Carson and I had a nice conversation. So I think we're ready to roll. There's so many things wrong with everything he said. Like, first of all, like me and a couple of buddies we were talking about, like we almost feel bad for Carson Wentz almost. Yeah. But good Lord, like Ron Rivera, you are a moron. Like whole, you could not like, Everything you said is wrong. Everything you said is wrong. Yeah. New time. All right. So let's just go through it point by point. Other QBs in the NFC East have had time to adjust to their teams and their schemes. But Wentz is new. Daniel Jones is in a brand new system. Mm-hmm. Brand new system has had just as long as Carson Wentz. Jaylen Cooper Hurts, Rush has played most of the games. I was going to say Cooper. Jalen Hurts is the one exception there. Fine. So mm-hmm. be it. Um, yeah. Cooper Rush has has been the only quarterback that's won games for Dallas. Dak Prescott is 0-1. Yeah. And he hasn't played. So, that's just not... No. And also, Ron Rivera is a defensive head coach, and their defense has been miserable. Yeah. That Quarterback is not the reason they're losing games. It, it, like, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying it's helping, but Washington, their defense has not been good. Their offense hasn't been either. But, like, this is not just a... This is not just Carson Wentz is the one losing us games. Like, if I look at last year with Indianapolis, that's much more close to the situation, Mm -hmm. I think. No, not this year with Washington. That's Ron Rivera just not thinking before he's speaking. Um, Yep. And he did go on, like, I didn't add all of it in there because there's so many media comments. He did say, you know, I was having a bad day. I was frustrated, whatever. Again, you're a head coach. You shouldn't say something like that. Um yeah, you're so, getting paid yeah, millions and millions of dollars. I don't care if you're having a bad day. You just threw yeah. the most important person on your team straight under the bus. Under the bus. Yeah. It, it, it was said. It was said. It there's Look, I'm from Philadelphia. I know better than anyone what mm-hmm. one comment in the media can do to a person in their psyche. I've watched it happen to Carson Wentz. I watched one head coach say one thing about one player and watch it completely destroy his career. And that being mm-hmm. Doc Rivers and Ben Simmons. Yep. And they're still talking about it. It's been two years. Like, this is not just going to go away. You did not have a conversation with Carson, and all of a sudden he's fine. No, that's no. Yeah. If there's anything we've learned from Carson, it's that that is not the case. He never got over Jalen Hurts being drafted. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. One of his teammates did say something about Carson Wentz doesn't have social media, so he honestly didn't even know, like, about the beef going on until after no but what i was he knew i'm sure he did but what i'm going to say is the teammate said once you've played in philly you can pretty much deal with anything after that but he didn't deal with it in philly that's the difference 
I know. I, I'm just I telling agree. you. You brought it I know, up, so I'm just But saying. I'm angry. I'm angry. I yeah. agree with that statement, but he didn't handle it in Philly. That's the problem. And also, no, I don't care that he doesn't have social media. He has people that have he knows yeah. people that have social media that will send him things. That it's yep. just how the world works. So yeah, yep. sorry. It's okay. I'm done. done now. Um the Giants Packers game in London was the most watched NFL network international game. It was up fifty-five percent compared to the week five London game last year in twenty twenty one. The, the NFL, what? Is that the one I was at? Might be. I don't know if you would know that, Ant. I don't know. I, I was going through. Old I don't think so. I think I think I think I was in week six. Um, the NFL can't make up their mind on what roughing the passer is the same way they have never been able to make up their mind on what a catch is either. And the NFL is considering moving the Seahawks game to an earlier slot, possibly before 1 p.m. local time, so that fans can still watch the Mariners in MLB playoffs that day. Are you still looking for your... Yeah, I was there. there? I believe I was there for week six. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, on to our injury report. For quarterbacks, Panthers quarterback Baker Mayfield has a high ankle sprain that was confirmed by two separate physicians. He'll not need surgery, but will miss some time. As of right now, he will not be placed on IR. PJ Walker is the Panthers' backup, and he has played XFL, games. XFL, baby. XFL yeah. MVP, actually, back in uh, your favorite, COVID. the XFL. I'm, I'm very excited about PJ Walker. I love I PJ Walker. And you were very excited when he started last year? It did not go well. Yeah, it did not yeah, go did well. Not. Did uh, Dolphins quarterback Teddy Bridgewater was – Left Hill had left the game with a concussion. Rookie Skylar Thompson filled in. He is was the only remaining quarterback on the active roster. And Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson is said to have a partially torn lat in his throwing arm and got an injection to help alleviate the pain. Interesting. It explains Interesting. some deep ball accuracy issues. It does not explain his personality, his being weird. And my also, um, other things. Yeah, my thing about it was that all the Seahawks fans right after the loss said, watch, Russ is going to come out with some weird undisclosed injury. And then the day later was like as if they knew because they've been going through this for years. And then, uh, listen, I'm not saying nothing's wrong, but it is this is something that's happened. Before, it's it's more than just like him not being able to throw. That's the thing. Yeah. It, like yep. that that's not the entirety of the situation. It doesn't excuse him from everything that's happened this season. Yep, I agree. Kyle, you're not welcome here. What? Running uh, backs. Wait. What? How is he commenting from the undroppables? He like logs in on the same stream yard we're using. This has happened before. You no, know he's not that. he's not in the stream yard. I'd be able to see him if he's in the stream yard. He know. must be on youtube.com logged oh, in. Oh, under the it is there's the YouTube symbol. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, for running backs, Patriots running back Damian Harris is expected to miss several weeks with a hamstring injury. Seahawks running back Rashad Penny had broke his fibula. It required surgery. The surgery was today and successful, and it's about a four-month recovery for him. So Kenneth Walker is now the top running back in Seattle. I feel so bad for Rashad Penny. He's I so know. good, but his body just hates the game of football. I know. And he like finally had the real opportunity and he's been doing well and like getting better. And then yeah. now he's out for four months. The 49ers running back James Connor did not play in the second half, but half because of a rib injury. 
Packer, oh, why is that there? On to wide receivers. Packers wide receiver Christian Watson left the game with a hamstring injury. Falcons wide receiver Drake London left the game with an ankle injury. Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill was seen wearing a walking boot after Sunday's game. Patriots wide receiver Nelson Aguilar sustained a hamstring injury in the third quarter that sidelined him for the rest of the game. And Saints wide receiver Chris Olave is in concussion protocol after a scary hit that seemed to like almost partially knock him unconscious. It was he did scary. make a catch while getting concussed. Yes, he touchdown. did. And it and originally wasn't a touchdown, and then they reviewed it, and it was a touchdown. I was very thankful for that because I have him I all over the place in fantasy. And yeah. knowing that he was about to be injured and not get me any more points, it was nice that they caught the yep. touch, that they reversed the touchdown. I also had him for like any time touchdown scorer, so. Oh, well, there was, you go. It, it worked out. Um, on to tight ends. Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz re-aggravated his sprained PCL in the game this week. Tom Pelser reported that if Schultz can get through the week kind of unscathed, he'll be good to go for the game. Raiders tight end Darren Waller left the game pretty early on and did not return due to a hamstring injury. He has been nursing that hamstring injury for a little while, um, but I guess it just kind of got re-aggravated during the game. Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts did not end up playing on Sunday because of a hamstring injury. And Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth is in concussion protocol. And quick note about that with Fryermuth. This is his third documented concussion since joining the NFL. And this is his second season. So it's been about a year and change and it's his third documented concussion. So I didn't know that. I expect this to be, especially with the new concussion rules, I expect this to be longer than a one week absence. I agree. Just throwing that out there. For the offensive line injuries, Jaguars left guard Ben Barch dislocated his knee and had accompanying ligament damage that may end his season. That's not confirmed yet. Rams left guard David Edwards sent concussion protocol. Dolphins offensive tackle Teron Armstead suffered a toe injury. He's having tests to determine the severity and is planning on seeing a specialist in New York this week. And then you had two Eagles injuries to just give us a mention about. Yeah, so Jason Kelsey uh, hurt himself uh, in the first half, and then he didn't care, and he came back for the second half after missing like three snaps because that's kind of just what Jason Kelsey does. And he came back out, and he looked like he wasn't even injured because, again, that's kind of just what he does. Um, I have looked for more information on his injury, and I... It's very unspecified. I, I, And I'm not surprised because he's probably just going to play mm-hmm. through it. Uh, Landon Dickerson also left the game. He was in and out of the second half. Um, after initially leaving in the first quarter with a leg injury, um, he's been he's been uh, nursing that injury all season. So mm-hmm. that's something to monitor. This is not the first game where he's been in and out of. So yeah, gotcha. And we do have a decent amount of defense slash special teams injuries. Uh, four to start for the 49ers. Cornerback Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL, will be out for the rest of the season. Defensive back Jimmy Ward broke his hand. Defensive end Nick Bosa has a groin injury after, uh, after the last game. He was quoted saying he's not feeling great. And the kicker, Robbie Gould, has what's expected to be a knee contusion. Browns cornerback Denzel Ward is in concussion protocol following Sunday's game. Ravens safety Marcus Williams has been placed on IR with a dislocated wrist. According to Harbaugh, he will miss, quote, significant time, but is not expected to be season-ending. They did drop the safety, Kyle Hamilton, um, so they do have some depth there at that position. Broncos cornerback Ronald Darby will miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL. 
Bengals left tackle Jonah Williams is now day-to-day because of a knee injury he got on Sunday. Chiefs defensive tackle Tershawn Wharton will miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Giants quarterback uh, Dory Jackson missed some time with a knee-slash-neck injury. And Lions cornerback Savion Smith left Sunday's game in a scary fashion very early on. He had to get taken off by ambulance in the first quarter. It was later on revealed to be a concussion, and he is in protocol. Um, It was also thought to be neck at first. It was kind of neck head injury, but he's in concussion protocol now. And one piece of good news, there's there's a good amount of injury good news, but the one I wanted to mention today is that Commander's running back Brian Robinson made his NFL debut after being shot twice in the leg only a couple weeks ago. What was it? Six weeks. Six weeks, right? Um, his, His walkout was sick. They, you know, blasted the smoke machine announced his name and played many men as he walked out onto the field and it was pretty electric so that's our injury report and now i will pass it over to you duncan uh yeah okay so 15 second frenzy time um yeah so this is the time in which i get 15 seconds per game of the nfl this past week and i get to tell you what i think is important about what happened in all those games and i have 15 seconds per game ashley will time me and she will tell me when i am out of time and have to move on yep and i will count you down three all right one go colts versus broncos Easily one of the worst games I've ever sat most of the way through. Russell Wilson might be dealing with an injury that can explain away his deep ball inaccuracy, but that doesn't change the mindset that he's had this season. The Colts somehow managed to look worse than the Broncos while actually beating them. Frank Reich is not long for Indy, I'm thinking. Next. Uh, Giants versus Packers. Maybe the Giants are good. While they still don't have a ton of talent, Dable has to be the front runner for coach of the year for what he's doing with this team. I still think it'll fall apart eventually, but in the meantime, they're four and one in the best division of football. The Packers should be calling Carolina about DJ Moore right the second next bills versus Steelers. This wasn't really even a game regardless of only putting up three points though. I don't think Pickett was terrible against one of the best defenses in the league. Josh Allen probably could have broken the passing record also against this defense if they didn't stop passing. Um, next chargers versus Browns. Maybe the game of the week, if it weren't for Monday night football, uh, the Browns were able to keep up with the chargers in a game that Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb kind of just did the majority of the heavy lifting for their teams with another weird finish, just like last season. Um, and I'm finding that I would actually probably enjoy rooting for this Browns team. Next. If it weren't for Deshaun Watson, uh, Texans versus Jaguars, just a kind of a horrible game. Um, Texans finally got their first win and Jacksonville's at two and three after a really strong start to the season. Damian Pierce looks to be like a very legit NFL running back and Travis Etienne had his first real breakout of the season. Jaguars are hoping to get, Oh, dang. Uh, Vikings versus bears. Vikings almost choked, uh, with the bears leading a comeback near the end of the game only to hold on to the win. Justin Fields had a season high in completions yards, only one behind his high in attempts. I really wish they would let him throw it more because he didn't look horrible with a horrible receiving core next uh, Patriots versus lions. The league's top offense did not show up, but thankfully I guess the league's worst defense did giving up 29 points to third string quarterback, Bailey zap. I'm not really sure what happened to the Lions after getting uh, Amon Ross St. Brown back, but this seems like Belichick just kind of outcoached Dan Campbell. Um, Saints versus Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith is incredible. And I don't know where it came from. Uh, he had to throw he had to throw into the end zone to drop the ball in a bucket between three defenders to Tyler Lockett. And it was simply mm-hmm. one of the best thrones I've seen this season. Uh, I don't know what happened with him. Next. Seriously. 
Uh, Jets versus Dolphins. With Teddy immediately out for the game, the Miami defense gave up a 40-burger to a rising Jets offense. While Zach Wilson has actually been pretty good since coming back, it's Brees Hall that's been an absolute star for the Jets, earning 197 total yards and being about two yards short of an additional two touchdowns on the day. Buccaneers versus Falcons. Holt had one of the worst roughing the passer calls I've ever seen, which honestly looks a lot better after Monday Night Football. This comeback was taken away from a very stingy Atlanta team who was playing without Kyle Pitts. Even being 3-2, and two, something doesn't feel right about the Bucs this season. Defense has been Next. great. The offense hasn't. Titans versus Commanders. Carson Wentz throws a last-minute pick to end their comeback, and Ron Rivera... Kind of threw him under the bus in the media. A really weird look for River about Ron on a team where you don't have where you have a very underperforming defense. Hello, Diami Brown. Nice to meet you. And Derrick Henry's back, and the Titans are three and two. Shout out Brian nice. Robinson. Niners versus Panthers. San Fran's defense is legit, and it might not matter what their offense or Jimmy G looks like, which is pretty normal for them. Uh, meanwhile, the Panthers have the first coach firing of the season, and Matt Rule, which is long overdue. And I hope to God DJ Moore is happy. Um, nice. Eagles versus Cardinals, probably the roughest game for the Eagles so far this season, but overall handed the diversity pretty well. They had up over seven minutes on the game-winning drive by just leaning into the run. I believe they only passed it once or twice, and there was nothing the Cardinals could do about it. Meanwhile, Cliff is still a bad coach, and he should be one of the next coaches to be fired, yes. in my opinion. Cowboys versus Rams. It is unbelievable how good this Cowboys defense is. The Rams haven't been good in general, but Dan Quinn should be heavily looked at again this offseason for head coaching spots. Without him in this defense, I don't think this team is anywhere close to 4-1. and one. Um, next Ravens versus Bengals. This loss is solely on the shoulders of Zach Taylor, and he should be another head coach that has a seat warming up slowly, Super Bowl or not. It's also a second rough performance in a row for Lamar Jackson and a back to earth reminder for J.K. Dobbins that we probably won't see him at 100% this season. Feels like Teagans is more important in this offense than we might have thought. Next, uh, and now Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, now this was the worst roughing the passer call I've ever seen. We'll talk more about it later. Thank God the Chiefs won because otherwise I think the fans might have started an actual riot. That penalty was something like a six or ten point swing in favor favor of the Raiders. And the Ravens have to feel horrible about being one and four with every loss coming by one score or less. And done. Wow, lots there. Thank you. You're welcome. Incredible job. Um, I did. Do you wanna... get out of breath after the end? No, not really. Okay. You did want to work out, but I, I don't work out. Um, I wanted to touch on the roughing the passer stuff because we didn't yes. really get to talk about that during the news. Uh, but yeah, I. So for those of you that didn't see it, there was a roughing the passer call in the Falcons and Bucks game uh, where I believe it was Grady Jarrett for Atlanta mm -hmm. took Tom Brady down to the ground in like um, a wraparound set in a wrap around and they said that they un the ref uh I forget his name his last name is Boger um was interviewed after the game and they said you know the reason we called it was because it was unnecessarily throwing him into the ground that's just not true everyone watching it knew it wasn't true everyone playing in the game knew it wasn't true and that was a massive swing for the game that might have otherwise given Atlanta a chance yeah. to win the game I mean, like that, that was just massive. It was a massive call and a massive moment in the game and a huge momentum shift uh, to give the uh, Buccaneers a first down. Yeah. Um, horrible, horrible call. Just yeah. really terrible. Not overly surprising because it's Tom Brady, yada, 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 whatever. Um, horrible. And I somehow thought that would be the worst call I've seen all season. Mm -hmm. And then Monday night happened. That was somehow even worse. Like, mm -hmm. Not only was not only did I not think that in general it was a roughing the passer call, uh, like basically what happened in that game 
is I don't remember the player, but he came down on top of Derek Carr and they called it a body weight penalty, a body weight roughing the passer penalty, which basically just means that um, the defender put all of his body weight down on the quarterback as he came down and sacked him. Uh, But what makes it even more ridiculous is that Derek Carr didn't even have the ball anymore. The Mm -hmm. ball came out before like the sack barely had even started the defender had it in his hands as he was coming down on Derek Carr. And there were just, you watch the replay and it's like, he did everything he possibly could to not throw his body weight on Derek Carr. Yep. And that's what the rule says. Yeah. You have to make every attempt to not throw your body weight down on the quarterback. Yeah. So I, I have to hand it to Chiefs fans. They, they just, they didn't forget. Like, That's exactly how I would expect it to go in Philly. And there's very few other stadiums in the U S that I think would be that consistent about it. And shout out Mm -hmm. to chiefs fans for doing that because it was so entertaining to watch after that. They were just booing nonstop. They go into halftime. They come back. They're still booing. It was incredible. Thank God. I, I I mean, I said it in my thing, but thank God the chiefs won because it would have been riots. Yeah, it was because it was a horrible call that, it's just horrible. And the NFL needs to fix this. Like, yeah, uh, Albert, I believe it was Albert Breer uh, went live on Twitter for like three minutes, like right at the start of halftime or something, or right after that Mm -hmm. call, maybe. And he was talking about like the fact that these refs just aren't held accountable. Like when something happens with a player or a coach or whatever, they have so many interviews with a ton of reporters after the game. The refs have one interview like the head ref has like one interview with ro- one reporter, maybe two or three questions. Maybe. And they have to submit their questions beforehand, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. the ref can just be like, yeah, no, it's fine. And then yep. leave. And no one ever talks about it. And it, 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 it's it's horrible. Like the, the NFL does not take their refing seriously at mm-hmm. all. They don't want to. It's just extremely frustrating yeah. because the hiring it process is. is horrible. Like mm-hmm. the, the, there's just no care taken into it at any point during the process and then we wonder why the results we're getting are so bad why the why the game is just so shit and yeah. it's so frustrating because there's just so many ways to make it better and i don't want to hear any crap about like, like these things should be reviewable they don't have to take an hour to be re- oh we don't want to slow down the game like you don't have to yeah you you can watch most of these like the xfl actually did it insanely well the xfl did it really well where first of all they were showing they they were full on showing the replay exactly what the refs were watching and looking at and talking about on the broadcast awesome okay. great first point awesome it made it a lot more watchable and you enjoyed hearing the thought process of like oh yeah. okay so i guess that's why they did that call whatever okay i would love you know, that it just didn't take that long because they had a guy that was designated to sit there and he literally had an Xbox controller rewinding and stuff, just going through it and checking out like, okay. And then it, it was like a 20 second process. If that, and yeah. on big swing momentum plays like that, these type of things should be reviewable, roughing the passer, uh, pass interference, holding like crap like that, because the, the, the product that we're getting just is not up to par with how much money yeah. the NFL makes. And it's, it's, it's horseshit, honestly. Yeah. And it's it, there's a difference if, like, it was completely uniform throughout the league and just didn't adhere fully to what the rule book says. It's not uniform. Every no. game has a different set of rules. Nothing is yep. matching. Nothing is working. One referee will say one thing in one game, and the exact same thing will happen in another, and it'll be a different call. Yep. 
It's yep. not fair to the players. It's not fun for the fans. It's overall bad. There's like no quality control in the refereeing right now. And that's the, that's the biggest issue. And, and, I, and I get that they care about player safety. I get yeah. it. I, I understand why they, it, my issue is not the rules in general. It's yep. just the inconsistency. And like, if we're being honest, football is a rough game. People mm-hmm. are going to get hurt. Just because it looked like something hurt does not mean it was a foul. If you play football and tackle the correct way all the time, shit still happens. Malcolm Jenkins knocked Brandon Cooks out of the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 52. And it was the one of the cleanest hits I've ever seen. But you're watching it, you're like, oh, good Lord. Because yep. he just he fell flat on the ground. He was done. And that was an incredible hit. It hurt him, but he did it the right way. It, it's just... When you play football, even at, at the highest level, the right way, people are still going to get hurt. You cannot, I, you should do everything you can to avoid that, but not at the cost of crap like this. Yeah. And I think it also comes down to, right? Like, even your not diehard fans, your super casual fans are noticing this. You know, yeah. the, the fans that don't have super invested into what the outcome is, the fans who don't read the rule book they're getting turned off by this too and it's just it's going to cause issues for nfl viewership and fans for a while if they can't figure it out yeah the brady one makes me mad too the the second one was worse but both of them were bad so bad it's a that was a great sack that's the thing like it was a well-executed sack it was a wraparound sack and with a player like tom brady who could throw the ball probably accurately mid sack he had to wrap him around it was necessary don't know what else you're looking for it's so frustrating so frustrating and it happened what this week was so bad there were so many calls this week that i got so annoyed at anyway we are going to do a segment we did do last year called contender or pretender where we're going to bring you we have a a pretty good amount of teams today where we're going to kind of go over what their record is where they currently sit in their division and if we think they're really a contender or if they're kind of just pretending to be one. Uh, and I'll go ahead and start us off. We have first up great, is... Great explanation. Was it? That was a great explanation. Thank you. Whether Thank or not you. they're a contender or they're pretending to be one. Exactly. That's Otherwise known as contender or pretender. Contender or pretender. Yeah. It was hard. Well, I mean, how else, are you, how else are you supposed to describe it? I think it was self-explanatory is all I mean. Like you, what you explained was hardly longer than the actual title. I know, but I couldn't just be like contender or pretender and jump into it. So I give you a little bit of an idea. Okay. Okay. There are a couple teams in here that we kind of are going to super breeze right over. One of them is the first to start. It's the Bills who are sitting at four and one, first in the AFC East. They won against the Rams, Titans, Ravens, and Steelers and lost to the Dolphins. I think we're probably both in agreement. Definitely a contender and not much else to say. Yeah, they're first overall in the league in total dvoa they're mm-hmm. seventh in offensive and second in defensive they're incredible josh allen yep. is playing at an mvp level of course and gabe davis this weekend had my heart anyway on to the next baltimore ravens who are currently sitting at three and two who are first in the afc north they won against the jets patriots and Bengals, and lost to the dolphins and the bills how are we feeling about the ravens uh you know um, I'm not totally sure. I'd like you to yeah. go first. Okay. So 
this one's tough for me because I, I do think they are contending. I just do think there are certain issues that are happening here. Um, I think that the their losses to the Dolphins and Bills are, you know, rightfully so. But their wins against the Jets, Patriots, and the Bengals, who were kind of in the middle of a, a downturn, wasn't really enough to fully sell me on contender. I do think with the division they're in, it does give them a little bit of an advantage. Um, you know, the Bengals are not playing well. The Browns are doing all right. The Steelers have not been hot. Um, so I think it does give them an advantage to call them a pretender more than, you know, say other teams who are in more competitive divisions. So for me, I, I probably, while I'm still on the fence, would still list them as a contender. And I do think with their uh, some of their schedule coming up, that they do have a chance to rack up those wins, wins and kind of, you know, buffer their current standing of first in the AFC North. Duncan is back. Oh, hi. Hi. Sorry. It's okay. I just finished up what I was saying about the Ravens. Do you have anything to add? Uh, yeah. Um, I believe in their offense and their mm -hmm. defense is extremely suspect. And I think it's kind of backwards from what the Ravens typically are as a team, mm -hmm. but it feels like that's, what's going to hold them back this season is their defense because they just, they, I, they had a good game against the Bengals. Like I'll give them that. Uh, I do put that more on Zach Taylor than the defense, but mm -hmm. They just haven't been very good this season, and it's let Lamar down on more than one occasion so far. So, yeah. so are you listed? Which one are you listing them in? You have to give them an answer: contender or pretender. Uh, probably contender. Yeah, yeah. I'll say contender. That's basically what I settled on while you were gone. Um, next up, Tennessee Titans, who are first in the AFC South. They won against the Raiders, the Colts, the Commanders, and lost to the Giants and the Bills. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So this is interesting. I mean. Obviously, the loss to the Bills was a blowout. The loss yep. to the Giants looks a lot better than it did week mm -hmm. one or two, whichever, you know. I, everyone assumed the Giants are bad. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, they, maybe they are. I don't know. But they lost to a very well-coached team at the very least. Uh, beating the Raiders, the Colts, and the Commanders aren't exactly impressive. Uh, I, the Raiders are somewhat. But, you know, overall, I think I'm – I'm in a very mixed bag with them. Um, I do believe that they're pretenders. Um, they're 21st in overall DVOA, 18th in offensive, and 20th in defensive. I think they're going to get wins in a very weak division and an easier schedule, generally speaking. Um, but I just I don't have a lot of faith in the talent on that team to like really be a competitor this season. Everything that we've everything that we've talked about, like we've talked about the Titans plenty and how they decided to manage their offseason and their build their team. And I think all of that range true three and two or not first in the AFC South or not. Um, I don't think they're actual contenders, especially in a really, really, really strong AFC, which I think is a big thing yep. this season. I agree. I think um, them being in the AFC South helps you be able to say, you know, contender just because they're going to win, probably going to win their division. But I mean, you and I have talked plenty, like you said, about hey, the don't count Titans Dougie and P out. what we think. I'm not counting Dougie P out yet. I think the Jaguars are going to win yeah. the division. I stand by that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, I'm not, I'm, you can't just, just agree. Think... You just said the Titans were going to win. No, I said they might win. Mm, I think you said probably. Oh, well, if I did, um, they're, they're, I should say, are they still the favorites to win the division after what 
how they've started? Do you know? I don't know. I'll look. Because I know they started as favorites in the division. Um, so either way, they have two teams who – it's not the most competitive division. That's the way I'll put it. Um, so, yeah, I say pretender because they're, they have been pretenders as of late. And after what happened last year, I am fully sold on they're probably going to stay pretenders until they make some serious changes. They are so on DraftKings and points bet, they are uh, the favorites, and on FanDuel and BetMGM, they are the second. Uh, but it is very close between them and the Colts on all four of those sites. Uh, with the Jaguars actually in a not too far distant third, and then the Texans are a very, very, very far <laughs> fourth. Um, so yeah, none of them are at, in minus odds, they're all in plus odds. So, yep, basically, saying um, we're not really sure, yeah. So next up was the Chiefs, who were sitting at four and one, first in the AFC West. Their only loss comes to the Colts, and they've won against the Cardinals, Chargers, Buccaneers, and Raiders. I think we both have the same opinion here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're contenders because guess what? Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback, and Andy Reid is their head coach. Mm -hmm. And Travis Kelsey, oh my God, the most hysterical stat line last night. Right. He had, uh, what was it? I think seven catches for 25 yards and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Incredible stuff. Yep. Just truly. like, oh, I loved it. And I was in like a very hotly contested um, fantasy match. The guy I was mm -hmm. playing against had Josh Jacobs. And I, mm -hmm. I had Travis Kelsey. And I also had Teddy Bridgewater, who scored me mm -hmm. zero points. Yeah. Uh, it's like a 14 or 16 team league. Um. And so I was at a disadvantage to start. And then Travis Kelsey just started scoring touchdowns. And then Josh Jacobs was going crazy. Yep. It was hotly contested, but I ended up pulling it out. So, yeah, that was my exciting. biggest loss of the week was I started Naeem Hines. That was very upsetting. Um, oh, I didn't even mention him on the injury report. Naeem Hines left the game with a scary concussion. Colts yes. running back. To be fair, um, it feels like that game was like two weeks ago. It does, right? I was going to mention the Kyle Brandt thing about um, russell wilson yeah. uh, maybe i'll pull that up and play it after we do this okay. because i think that's i think he i okay. think what he said was just 100 percent. i agree spot on um anyway. i'll just say my piece on the chiefs that i was wrong i i said they were gonna make playoffs i said that they weren't gonna be as good as they are when we did our uh like full season prediction game thing i was wrong i eat my words i thought they were gonna struggle a little bit more without um tyree kill and a lot of that team has stepped up and Patrick Mahomes is just as good as he was. I was expecting just a little bit of regression from him, but um, fully contenders. And I think they're going to go pretty far. Perfect. All right. How, do you want to play that to end our show or do you want to play it? Like, yeah, I'll do it now? at the end. Not, I'll do it at the end. Okay. All right. So if we can. yeah, sticking with the AFC West, we have the chargers who are sitting at three and two. They've beaten the Raiders, Texans, Browns, and lost to the chiefs and the Jaguars thoughts and opinions. I'm going to go with pretenders. I think so um, yeah, it's really hard to say that because they have Justin Herbert and mm -hmm. he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the league, probably. Um, but there's just something about that team that just isn't it just isn't clicking. Doesn't feel um, right. No, um, I think it might partly be the head coach. I mean, like they are 11th yeah. in overall DVOA. They're ninth in offensive and 13th in defensive. Um, but th there's just been something about that team that just mm -hmm. I'm watching it and I don't fully get it. They've dealt with some injury issues. They've played close games. Like, I feel like I might end up regretting this pick. Um, 
but I just I don't know if I can trust them in like in a really strong AFC playoff picture. They're mm-hmm. going to have to play good teams. Like there's just you're not going to get an easy path to the Super Bowl on the AFC side. It's just not going to happen this season. And yeah, I just I don't I don't know if I can trust them right now. I, I really don't. Um, and that's tough because I like a lot of their pieces. Austin Eckler's finally uh, back in form. Mike Williams yep. has been playing great in Keenan Allen's absence. Uh, the offensive line has suffered injuries though, which is tough. Uh, Justin Herbert's been playing well. The defense, I. I the DVOA gives them, you know, a decent grade, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like they're a little bit worse than that on the season, personally. Yeah, um, this one's tough for me because I, I can see both sides of it. Um, not having Keenan Allen there, I think, is a big blow to the offense. But again, everyone else is stepping up in his absence. Absence. I just, what you said about Brandon Staley and, and the coaching that's what it kind of feels like, right? Like Brandon, Brandon Staley is notably one of the, you know, biggest stat nerd analytics guys that are, that's a current coach in the NFL. Yeah. I don't know if it's just that we're overthinking what this offense is doing. If it's, you know, what did I say that their losses and wins were? They lost to the Jaguars. And I know the Jaguars are, are decent this year. They got blown out by the Jaguars. they, They should have been able to compete on paper. You have a better roster. You have, uh, you know, I just I, which leads me to say that they're pretenders, especially because their wins are against the Raiders, Texans, and Browns. It's not yep. like their wins are against these like super stellar teams. I just think they're. I think they, you know, could pick it up. I just don't think they're going to go far, even if they are contenders. So I'm going to yeah. say, for that reason, they are pretenders. Yeah, and to go back to Brandon Staley a little bit, like, I there's kind of. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when I'm watching football, like it, it feels like there's almost this unspoken, unexplainable mm-hmm. phenomenon of just like a coach pushing all the right buttons or having the pulse of his team. Like I know I'm being a homer when I say this, but Doug Peterson was his coaching performance, not only in the Super Bowl, but like the playoffs leading up to that is one of the best coaching things mm-hmm. I've ever seen. He was incredible. He was not good, particularly after that. Um, Brandon Staley just feels like he's pushing all the wrong buttons, and Justin he's Herbert pushing is every button. Out. Yeah, he just he feels like he does not have a pulse of this team. Um, and to that's, be fair, it, it doesn't feel like the team has a pulse, to be honest. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. But I think all that starts with the head coach. So I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. This was one you uh, you added in here. So let's talk about them, the Buccaneers, who are also sitting at three and two. They are first in the NFC South. They've won against the Saints, Falcons, and Cowboys and lost to the Packers and the Chiefs. Uh, since you were the one to add them on, tell me what you think. Yeah, I'm going to go with pretenders. Um, I think I've said it in my 15-second frenzy yeah. two weeks in a row, or at least I've meant to. Tom Brady, just there's something about this offense that isn't working. Um, yeah. They've dealt with a lot of injuries, which, to be frank, like I don't necessarily think that goes away. Like I don't, I don't think that's just going to get solved all of a sudden. And then they're going to be back to 2020 or 2021. Like Bruce Arians isn't there. Bruce Arians was the key to that offense. Um, He did. He ran that offense the way that he has always run the offense, which is deep shots, a crap ton of deep shots. Um, And I think Tom Brady's still great to an extent, but I don't know. I I don't know. I honestly, I don't know if it's this old divorce thing. He feels like he's not fully there. Um, 
it does not have the same feeling of any other Tom Brady season that I've ever watched. Um, the defense has been outstanding and that's the mm-hmm. reason that they've won the games that they have, honestly, like the offense has not looked particularly, I, I thought this week would be the week where they really like, yeah. they figured it out and they turned it on and they're going to win a game with their offense. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. And the Falcons do not have a good defense. So yeah, yeah I'm going to go with pretenders. Like the one thing they have going for them is one, they have the best postseason quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And two, the NFC is very weak. Yeah. on the complete opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to the AFC. So, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you again. This is just another one that nothing feels right. Like you watch the Buccaneers and you're expecting a completely different product than what you're seeing. And it just doesn't feel right. Um, and I know it, it's hard to like blame it on the divorce thing that Brady's going through, but it, maybe it's not the divorce, but it, it looks like he's going through something um, because everything for him is not clicking and this was an offense and a quarterback who can tolerate having you know pieces not there you know this offense was good at that and Tom Brady has been good at that at at adapting and when their pieces are you know not there they're just not clicking anymore I like you said I do think Bruce Arians was a huge part of why this team had so much success and him not there is a huge blow and I just don't know. It just there's like an eerie feeling around that team, and and it just doesn't bad doesn't vibes. feel right. Bad, way bad vibes. It's like if you could sum it up into two words, that is what I would do. Um, but we are on to the Vikings, who are four and one. They are first in the NFC North. They've beaten the Packers, Lions, Saints, and Bears, and have their one loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Go Birds! They got embarrassed. Yeah. They did. Anyway. Um, yeah, this is a team I'm really torn on. I, I mean, I, I know we discussed it. I like them preseason. They're four and mm-hmm. one. I feel like I should still like them, but like I don't think any of the teams that they've beaten are particularly impressing. Im- impressive, rather. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lions have just the worst defense in the league. Um, the Saints, I just don't think are very good. Um, you know, win or not this weekend against the Seahawks. The Bears are not good. And I don't know how to feel about the Packers. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been playing all right. And overall, the offense has been solid. I mean, they're 11th in offensive DVOA, but they're 28th in the league in defensive DVOA, which is uh, not good. Um, Jalen Rager scored a touchdown this weekend. I don't I don't know. I, I kind of want to say that I think they're contenders, but I think right now I am just steadily in the middle of them. Mm-hmm. Middle on them. Um, I really... I, I, they might be the one on this list where I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I'm going to say they're, they're contenders Um, with, with the rest of their schedule. I do think they could have at least eight more wins. Um, The NFC is a division that, like you said, is not except for the NFC East is not insanely competitive right now. And I don't know. They have a lot of really good pieces, which I think is lifting Kirk Cousins up. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them as contenders. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Perfect. All right, on to the Packers. Big one here. 
They are sitting at three and two, our second in the NFC North. They won against the Bears, Bucks, and Patriots and lost to the Vikings and Giants. This, I heard someone yesterday describe it as this is not your father's Packers. And that was Very true. Way, a really interesting way to hear it. I mean, I don't even think there are Packers. Like, no. I don't know. I can't remember the last time Aaron Rodgers or the Packers played without a true number one wide receiver. Like, I yeah. feel like they've just always had one. They've never had a year in my memory that they didn't have one. And I'm sure there was one. I just can't think of it. But like it was. Except, you know, all the... Did you hear that stat that Aaron Rodgers threw his first touchdown to a first round draft pick for the first time? Who did he throw it to? Was it Mercedes Lewis? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I know they said it on the broadcast. They don't remember who the touchdown was to, but they were like, that's the first time that, that Rodgers has thrown it to his first round draft pick ever. Like drafted by the Packers. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I guess I'm not too surprised by that. But yeah, like yeah. all things considered, like, you know, it was Devontae Adams. Before that, it was Jordy Nelson. Before that, it was Greg Jennings. Before that, it was Donald Driver. Um, like I don't know. It just feels like even back to Brett Favre, they've always just had a good wide receiver, and this year they don't. Uh, or they don't have like a standout number one wide receiver. Um, but their offense has still been solid. Uh, their defense has not been, and that's I think to me that's the more noticeable step back this season is they've had a pretty solid defense, but they lost pass rush presence uh, this off season, and I think that's impacting them a lot. Uh, their defense just hasn't been the same that we've come to be able to rely on recently. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to act. I'm going to go with contenders. I think they're going to figure it out, but right now they yeah. don't look like the product that I think that they want to be. That's exactly what I would say. If they, you know, if I had to make a decision solely on what I've seen so far, definitely pretenders, but I think this is a team that will figure it out and still be able to contend. That's really all I have to say about them. They're, kind of they're the, just kind of the opposite of the Bucks, where Tom Brady hasn't looked right, yeah. but Aaron Rodgers has looked right, and that gives me at least some sort of confidence. Yeah, exactly. And and I think there are like a little bit of things that aren't driving on that offense, but I think they'll be able to figure it out. So agreed. Anyway, the San Francisco 49ers, three and two, first in the NFC West. They've beaten the Seahawks, Rams, and Panthers and lost to the Bears and the Broncos. How do you feel about them, Duncan? Yeah, I think they're contenders. Um, yeah. Their defense is first in the league in, in a DVOA. Yep. It's 16th in offensive, or sorry, first in defensive DVOA, 16th in offensive DVOA. Uh, I said it in my recap. Like, I think their defense is just so, although they did lose pieces today, and that's a really big deal. Um, but I think as far as we've seen, their defense is legit enough on its own and they have enough offenses. Yep. They have enough weapons on the offense to score points. And I think yep. it's just the same recipe that they've been for the past few years. Yep. And I think that this this team has shown that they've been able to battle the adversity. They've been dealing with injuries and, and pieces missing and they've been able to kind of you know plug and play and, and figure it out. This team is definitely a contender, and this is a team that I think could – I'm not saying they will, but could go far from what we've seen so far. Anyway, we are going to talk about three NFC East teams. Um, I'll let you go first. Best division the, in football. It is, really. I got into an argument today because um, I was like, you said it was bad, and then it ends up being the best division in football. So I think we both have the same opinions on this one, but I'll let you speak first for the Philadelphia Eagles, who are sitting at 
five wins, zero losses, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. They are first in the NFC East and in the NFC as a whole. They've beaten the Lions, the Vikings, the Commanders, the Jags, and the Cardinals, and have lost to no one. Yeah, so they're obviously contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how good are they? Like, we'll find out. Uh, I feel like the national media is very like, oh, but they haven't played anyone necessarily. Yeah. Um, me as an Eagles fan, after every win, I'm kind of just like, before the game, I'm like, this is their biggest test yet. And then after the win, I'm like, yeah, but next week, though. Um, and next week is the Cowboys, and that's going to be a massive game. Uh, but they're they're a contender. I, I mean, yeah, uh, they're number two in overall DVOA, the number five in both offense and defensive DVOA. Like the both both parts of the team have been incredible. They have the best offensive line in the league and one of the best defensive lines in the league. Uh, the, maybe the best wide receiving core in the league. Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP level. Like there's not really a lot that I mean, Dallas Goddard is a top three or top five tight end in the league. Like it's just, there's not, they have one of the deepest rosters in the yeah. league. Like I, I, I said it and people made fun of me going into the season. I, I said, if you take quarterback out of the equation, I think the Eagles have the deepest roster in the entire NFL. Yeah. And then now you're inserting a quarterback playing at an MVP level. This is what you expect. And yeah. he has the right attitude. He's pissed off that they've won. Like he's like, yeah. I don't want to hear about five and zero. Oh. I feel like I let my team down because we didn't score at the end there. Yep. The one crazy. video of him in the press conference where they asked him a bunch of like, oh, that questions. was great. That was... and at the end, and he's like, y'all didn't ask me any questions about the Cardinals. They're a good team, by the way, and like walked out. So for context, so that was leading up to, so that was a press conference with the media on like Wednesday or Thursday of Mm -hmm. this week. He got asked a bunch of questions about going on the Manning cast and like different appearances Mm -hmm. now that they're winning and he's in the spotlight and he got done. He's like, all right, so that's like, that's everything. And they're like, yeah, he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, so y'all didn't ask me like, like, let's not make a habit out of this. Like that straight Mm -hmm. up. That's what he said to me. He said, we're not going to make a habit out of this. Arizona is a very good, a very good team. They have a great defensive line. That's good. And he just started like, saying answers to questions that nobody asked and it's just like yeah and then he got up and left he's like all right see you guys but it's just like mm-hmm. god i love I, him i love him i he's just he's so easy to root for he's so i know easy to root for. i know um, and it like it literally pains me because i'm a giants fan but yeah this team is so fun to watch and so fun to follow like behind the scenes and you know like all the videos from social team and from the media and this team is just so fun to watch and it just seems like every single thing is, is working in their favor, like because of their hard work. I'm not saying that it's falling into their laps, but every single thing is working into their favor. Their roster is panning out exactly like they hoped. The AJ Brown trade is one of what will go down is one of the best in the off season. It just is working out for them in fantastic fashion. And yes, they do have a hard matchup this week uh, with the Cowboys, but then after that it is, it, it does. I'm not, no matchup is an easy matchup for any team, but it does in, run into uh one, two, three, four game. game until the past, yeah. I think probably exactly. So that goes into a four game stretch where they play the Steelers, Texans, commanders, and Colts, and then the Packers. So that, that four game stretch there is that's bad. There's some bad teams, yeah. including Carson Wentz's return to Philly, exactly. which he might not even be the starting quarterback by then if we're being realistic. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be yeah. shocked, but uh, let's move on to the rest of the hold NFL. on. One last thing I wanted to say. One last thing I wanted to say about the Eagles is that I was one of the ones who laughed at you, but it was for a different reason. It was during our preseason show about where we thought all of the teams would fall 
and you said the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl, and I, I laughed. Said, I said Eagles Bills. And Let's I laughed. And I called you a fun. homer. I just want to look at Super Bowl odds real quick. Uh, just okay. real. I just I'm curious. Yeah. Um, Super Bowl odds. Yeah. So current. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Vegas Insider. All right. So um, let's see what we got. Um, oh yeah. So number one is the Bills, and number two is either the Chiefs or the Eagles, depending on the site. Tied. Oh, okay. Depends on the site. Sometimes yeah. they're tied. Sometimes the Eagles. Sometimes the Chiefs. So. Yeah. But the well, Bills that's just, can't that's play just the That's me Chiefs saying I didn't believe you. Bowl. Exactly. The Bills can't play the show. You know. Yeah. So I was just saying I didn't believe you, and now I'm I believe you. Anyway, the Cowboys four and one, second in the NFC East, uh, same record as the Giants, but they did beat the Giants, so they won it an in division matchup. They've beaten the Bengals, Giants, Commanders, and Rams, and their only loss comes to the Buccaneers. This is yep. an interesting one. How do you feel? I don't know how to feel. And yeah, like com- taking away the bias that I have against the Cowboys, the defense mm-hmm. is incredible. They're sixth in the league in defensive DVOA, but they're 17th in the league in offensive DVOA. Yep. Cooper Rush has won games, but like, I he hasn't done anything. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not gonna say he's done anything, but like, it's not because of him that they're out there winning games. It's barely because of the offense. Yeah. It's because of the defense. Um, yes. yeah, the defense has been incredible. Michael Parsons is really he might win Defensive Player of the Year. He really might. Uh, Trayvon Diggs has been playing better, uh, honestly, um, somewhat. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence looks a couple years younger than he did last year. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a really really good defense, but they have problems. And I I'm gonna say pretenders because yeah. I I just I don't I don't think you can be a real contender without at least a good or passable offensive line and that they do mm-hmm. not have. They yes. called in reinforcements in the form of a 40 year old Jason Peters, who is now injured and will not get to play against his former team. Thank the Lord. I just didn't want to see Jason Peters lining up against the Eagles. Um, although mm-hmm. as a fan, I kind of did because that's an easy sack or two. Um, mm-hmm. But like I, the teams that they've played, haven't, uh, the, uh, you know, short of the Bengals haven't that had was Bengals early on and that Bengals was a different team yeah I mean the teams they've beaten haven't had particularly good defensive lines I mean the Rams Mm -hmm. have Aaron Donald but like they have not been as good this season um the commanders not really Giants again I don't know where the where the wins are coming from but it's not from the talent on their defensive line um the Bengals are pretty good on defense but like you know they won so I don't know I just I I think we're gonna learn a lot about them this weekend and that might change my opinion uh, but mm-hmm. right now, I I just I don't think that you can be, I don't think you can be a true contender with that bad of an offensive line. And I think yeah. they're bad enough to be like bottom five in the league. Yeah, I also just don't think their offense is great. Period. No. Um, and they're playing with Cooper Rush and winning. And we still haven't really had the the full conversation about Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott. Um, but There's- yeah, Dak's. No, I know, but the fact that you know that Cooper rush is playing really well and all this stuff. I just, I don't think I can put my trust in Mike McCarthy. So I'm going to mark them down as pretenders. I just don't think that the defense is going to be able to hold them up as long as they have much longer. 
And our last one we are going to talk about, the third place in the NFC East, even though the record is tied with the Cowboys, they have beaten the Titans, the Panthers, the Bears, the Packers. They lost to the Cowboys. It is the New York Giants. I want to hear you go first. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, okay. I... Yeah, I I would love to say contenders, but I do think they are pretenders in the fact that I don't know that they'll go anywhere far. But this team has been insanely good with what hand they've been dealt. Um, for Dable to go out to London with a wide receiver room of guys that were picked up off the street um, and beat the Packers is awesome. Whether it's the Packers that we know and love or whatever's happening with them right now to be able to go to an international game and with the team that you have and beat the Packers is awesome. Dable has balls and that's something this team has needed. And I think they're trending in the right direction. I just don't think they're going to be able to contend for anything serious, especially given the state that the, the division is in right now. So yeah, I really love what this team is doing. I am so happy to see Saquon back to like an elite level again, which you were wrong about. And very wrong. Yeah, very wrong. And I'm still not I still like haven't fully made up my mind on Daniel Jones, but he has shown that he has incredible grit and dedication to put his body on the line every single game. So do I think this team will still rack up wins? Yes. Do I think this team will contend for anything serious? No, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm going to go with pretenders only because mm-hmm. I just don't think they have a lot of talent. Um, I yeah. think Dable is just doing an incredible coaching job. But like, even if yeah. they make the postseason, I think that they're the seven seed. And because I, I don't I, I would be shocked if they win the division. And that's not just because yeah. of the Eagles, but also the Cowboys. And I think I that, then you're in a wild card. Um, yeah, I, I think they have to be pretenders. Um but like it is really fun watching Dable coach. He's an incredible yeah. coach. He's even better than I thought he would be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so. awesome. Like to, ugh, I can talk about. The if anything, just, it's just like I don't know. I, it's just stuff to be excited about for the future. It is, and it's exactly how I feel. That like I love uh, that the coaching staff is taking risks. They're going for it on fourth yeah. down. So they're willing to run these creative plays. I mean, they're running Saquon and Wildcat often, and it's working. And we used to have a very like boring playbook and this team is fun to watch again. Yeah. This team is fun to watch again. And I was, I was talking with some other giants fans recently that I said, it feels like the first time in a long time that I don't have to be embarrassed to say I'm a giants fan. So that feels really good. So whether they do anything or not, I'm just happy with the way this team is trending for the future, not even for the future of this year, just for the future of the organization in, in general, because this feels like the right, way to be going i agree with you and i think uh something you said really stuck with me and that's that uh brian dable has balls mm-hmm. uh, because before we get out of here i am gonna have to do a quick ad read and i want to talk to you about manscaped which i'm mm-hmm. sure brian dable has to use on his large balls mm-hmm. um support for this show uh, is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over six million men maybe brian dable included mm-hmm. worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code und at manscaped.com so do you think that Get- brian dable uses manscaped on his large balls or is that just a weird question to ask you? 
It is pretty weird to ask me. I was just going to say that you should get the performance package for your package. I already have one, but I don't really yeah. want you talking about my package. I wasn't really saying about your... I was just saying our fans, our viewers, our listeners. Yeah, but it felt like you were talking to me about my package. <laughs> that made me uncomfortable. Um, well, that's the perfect time to sign off then. So, Michael Duncan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me... Um, kind of enjoying being a philly sports fan uh for now uh you know everything comes to an end in philadelphia but for right now i'm enjoying the ride watching the phillies soon to be watching the sixers watching the eagles uh but yeah you can find me here normally on wednesday nights but not tomorrow night because this is a tuesday that we're recording this uh and it's all ashley's fault but normally on wednesday nights at 8 p.m eastern standard you can find me as the producer for uh the undrafted dynasty game theory podcast hosted by dino game theory or at dino game theory jacks falcone um and you can find me on the under the wire uh Pre-game. The Under the Wire show on pre-game show. F- pre-game, thank you. Pre-game show on the FF Chat Discord Sunday mornings at 11:30 Eastern, helping you with your start-sit decisions for fantasy football, um, and giving you someone to blame when I get them wrong. So, yep. uh, yeah. How about and you? if you need to get directions to get to that page, you can message either one of us, and we'll be able to send you, um, you know, the link to get into the FF Chat. Yes and discord you can find me on twitter at ashley underscore marie with two a's and ashley you can find me again normally here wednesday 8 p.m eastern standard time but you can always find me uh on any streaming platform where you usually listen to your podcasts just search up the undroppables playbook after this you can find me watching the yankees game which is currently tied up and you can oh also- they're not they're not winning no wow weird. i don't know what that feels like i know we haven't lost a playoff game since 2011 yeah, you also haven't been in a playoff since then. So, I, all I see is zero in the loss column. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's all and I know. Z- yep. The Three only no- other place you can find me all the time is the on um, the premium Undroppables Discord channels, which you can gain access to by becoming a patron at Patreon.com/slash/TheUndroppables. You'll have access to all of our team twenty four seven start sit questions, trade questions, dynasty redraft betting, offensive line rankings, everything in between. DFS, everything. So I highly recommend that it's a few dollars a month to be able to up your game and knowledge of football. So we hope to see you all here next Wednesday, the 19th, uh, because today's Tuesday and tomorrow's Wednesday and we won't be here. So I hope you all have a wonderful week and good football coming up. Bye, everyone. Bye.